We're going. Is that a sink? I think so. It sounded like it to me. Right, Was it for you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. We're fucking working. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. You're listening to Modern Gill. This is episode 15. It is 7.15 a.m. Brisbane time on Monday morning. Damon made me get my ass up out of bed at like 5.30 so we could start at 6.30 a.m. because he has uh, pressing commitments today, which is all right. Mm, this is a morning show now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Damon and Hayden on a morning drive. <laughs> That'd be kind of dope to have like a live morning radio show. I would be into that. Would you want to get some like sound effects and stuff? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like seagulls. <laughs> I don't know why that would be it, but it'd be nice. Every episode, I'm pretty sure people can hear the crows outside my house anyway, just like circling, waiting for me to drop dead and eat my corpse. Well, this is a sensory experience. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's what people are <laughs> Crow ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, as I was editing the last episode... I was really like overjoyed to uh, bump into that section where like Amy took a sip of her drink for us and was like, oh yeah, like we'll do some ASMR. But like for whatever reason, it just didn't fucking come through in the recording then. And like I tried to like boost it and all that, like boost the volume of that section so that you could hear like the water slurping and shit and it just didn't work. Yeah, that's yeah, That's really bad. Um, So I think I still Um, left like that little ASMR thing in, but the air holes didn't get the full reward, so. That was gonna really help fund the, uh, <laughs> the party across the yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, like Amy could do like ASMR OnlyFans or something. Um, <laughs> campaign fundraiser. It's only a matter of time before we start seeing that sort of shit. Yeah, oh, dude, uh, that's fucking, that that's a mind boggling proposition. Imagine politicians doing like a limited time only OnlyFans. Like oh, AOC OnlyFans, man, she would, like never do it but that would people would profit tens dude. Of yeah fucking millions, think about man. all the fucking like lefty simps who would just be like probably already masturbate yeah. over aoc like just in the in the in congress anyway oh like 100%. just watch that doco of her over and over and just imagine it like in different contexts yeah you know that like tiffany trump is gonna fucking be right up there doing like, is that like his one of his daughters or some shit yeah, he's she's like a sleeper daughter, right? A sleeper um, daughter. No one, <laughs> no one even knew that she existed. And Is then, she the one that dropped uh, that during book? the RNC. Oh, did she? I don't know. Hold on, let me uh, pull that up. There was some um, Trump girl who wrote a book about how like her family sucks or something. Oh, uh, I don't know. She's probably been axed out of the family. Yeah. Um, no, Tiffany Trump is like. Tiffany Arena Trump is an American socialite. She's the fourth child. <laughs> How many fucking children does he have? Probably more than we could comprehend, man. Yeah, he has bred like fucking like a rabbit. Such a shame. Um. Anyway, I don't know what how he how she came to life, but uh, he's <laughs> one of them. One of the wives that he had. Um. And she uh, really lit the, like, RNC on fire. There's a lot of people being like, oh, my God, she's so hot, her voice. That's so fucking sad. Yeah. I bet you she's, like, <laughs> completely, like, vanilla, not hot at all, just, like, some, like, 
like meekly thin white chick with like heaps of fucking makeup. I'll send you a picture of her, eh? Yeah, uh, sure. And we'll, we'll share uh... one with our dear listeners. <laughs> okay. I send it in the whereby chat. Yeah. So uh, people seem to really enjoy the podcast with Amy McMahon. Yeah, well, it was really good. I went into that actually sort of expecting to um, be kind of like more defensive uh, just because I hate like everything that she said to me, I resonate with because I've hated politicians for so long. Like you're like guilty until proven innocent if you want to tell me how to live my life. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I kind of feel like that's a reasonable way to go. Yeah, about I completely agree. Evaluating politicians um, is like. I mean, it's a reasonable you know, if, way to go about trusting anybody. It's just like, well, like I don't just immediately trust people. Like I don't go around giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like prove to me why you're worth my trust. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all good for a court of law, but if you're fucking running policy and, and everything, then I want to know that you're on the right page. But she definitely hit the tone. I feel, um, and it was. It came across as all very sincere, you know. As sincere as this picture awesome. of Tiffany Trump carrying around a kitten in a backpack that has a capsule on it. Oh, what? Well, um, That's not what I sent you. No, did, no, you, you, you did. Um, <laughs> I'm going to save this image so we can share it later. So on okay. the, um, the link you sent me, there's like a photo gallery that you can scroll through. Oh, cool. I don't know there's a photo I mean, gallery. it's not cool. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty I'm going to get my, my simp on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she... she. Oh, yeah, here we this go. This woman looks exactly what I would imagine her to look like. Yeah. So, like, just completely not hot and hasn't realized that, like, thin eyebrows haven't been uh, attractive since, like, 2006. She has her charm, Hayden. She doesn't. There's a lot of people that find her very attractive. She's not my type, but, you know. She should be no one's type. Oh, she had a music career as well. Sure she did. <laughs> a music <laughs> career in the same way that I have one. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing stuff, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Shout out to her. I wonder what she had to say at the RNC. Oh, it wasn't very good. I don't know. I can't even remember most of the RNC, to be honest. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, aside from that sad old man, dude. Oh, that... The guy whose like daughter got man. killed. Oh no, him as well. That was brutal. I was thinking like that old guy that started crying. The guy from Cuba. Or whatever. Oh yeah. I, was just like, um, I did not need to see that. You know, it was really upsetting for some reason. So anyway, fuck the RNC. Amy was wonderful. That was really <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't care about the fucking RNC. Yeah. yeah, Amy. Yeah, was was good to talk to. Whoa. What's that? Tiffany Trump. Posed naked with her mother. Huh. Ivanka? How about that? No, dude. Ivanka's not Tiffany's mother. Oh, well, I don't know the fucking family s- tree, man. Oh, okay. Ivanka's like another Trump daughter. Okay. So let's... Oh, I yeah, thought yeah. Ivanka was his wife. No, 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 no. Mel- Melena is the wife. Melania. Um, right, okay. And Melania, Ivanka yeah, is Melania's yeah. daughter. And I guess so. I Tiffany know. Trump is his daughter to his ex-wife, I guess? Some other woman? Yeah, it's like Amy McNo fucking commentary uh, sprinkled with. <laughs> yeah, this is so weird. It's like the most like unflattering <laughs> reflection on. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're like having two conversations at once, which is pretty fucked. Um, yeah. But good. Why have one conversation when you have two? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's yeah, right, <laughs> there's a website called www.cheatsheet.com. 
And the uh, Google search results says, this photo of Tiffany Trump proves she is a total party girl. So she is a party girl, if you were wondering. She looks like she would be a party girl. I mean, like, what other purpose um, would you have in life if you were her? Like, you would just want yeah, to be, like, like, just blast yourself into oblivion every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did the Clintons... Oh, the Clintons had a kid as well, eh? Like, how could you grow up being the son or daughter of a politician and not be just fucking... And just r- reading the uh, Lewinsky report as Bill Clinton's daughter, just being like, whoa. Oh, yeah, my dad oh, really um... loves my mom. <laughs> yeah 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 and cigars and and rim jobs and Mm. fuck man that would be brutal eh? i wonder if she read the whole thing you know like i'm sure they didn't read it at all i wouldn't yeah if if some sort of document like that existed about one of my parents i would i would probably (laughs) kill myself before i read it (laughs) yeah fair enough right i i don't think i could bring myself to hear all that bullshit yeah to be honest so on on Saturday, I was walking my dog with Francisca in the Botanic Gardens in Brisbane. Uh, and because I have been spending as much time off social media as I can lately, I've had no idea about what sort of, quote, activism or like rallies and shit are happening in Brisbane. Previously, like, I feel as though I was pretty aware of most of them. Um, so we just happened upon this rally and at first we couldn't like figure out what it was about or for and it was like free victoria free victoria and i'm like oh <laughs> get fucked really and it was like a an uh covid denier anti-lockdown rally uh but like yep. solidarity with victoria so like it's it was really interesting it was like a couple of hundred like unclean gross fucking hippies yeah and like we were sort of just found ourselves like in the midst of this like kind of scattered pathetic crowd who were like marching and trying to like chant and shit so that was interesting um there was a guy were they there was a guy literally wearing a tinfoil hat (laughs) which is pretty good like self-aware enough to make a joke out of it at least Um, (laughs) yeah yeah but what are you gonna say sorry oh um Okay, that's funny that you mentioned that because I was watching the uh, the BBC did a report on uh, anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne. Yeah, right. And fuck, man, it was so fucking hilarious. Eh? Like, I heard there were um, like arrests and stuff at that one, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Um, there was like a full, there was like this big unit that just you know was full on like fucking don't put me down in lockdown <laughs> and just was like smacking the cops and shit and you know the australian policemen are like the fucking keystone cops or some shit they're such buffoons you know like i just feel like they're they're like those british ones that you see with the stupid little hats that you know with the batons <laughs> that walk around like oi 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 yeah and there's this like old man that was trying to like say some shit about you know oh communist government taking over blah 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 and they're just like wrangling a fucking mask on his face like oh my goodness fucking on you he's like i'm being silent (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing looked like such a shit show yeah i'm just like watching Uh, a clip of it now um but this seems pretty uneventful it's just a bunch of cops on horses riding through a crowd of people um um Oh, yeah, yeah I can see the, this, yeah. this nutcase with, like, a mohawk assaulting cops. Um, 
<laughs> they've always got to have that it's haircut, lot... hey. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah. This is. Um, it's pretty fucking good. So. Oh yeah, this dude had his head cracked open, man. Oh, did he? Oh, some guy did. Yeah, like some guy oh, like got arrested gonna... with like a. I'll send you the link. All right. Yeah, I've got two links to send you, um, and we can. We'll swap links like it's two thousand and three. <laughs> yeah, Hayden, look at this meme. Um, I'm gonna send a. I don't think I can send photos via. Yeah, I actually just realized that I can't. So I'm just oh, well. gonna fucking fire you one on there. Whatever. Um, check that out. Or on your Facebook, there's the photo of the guy getting his fucking mask put on. It's so good. That's pretty funny that they put a mask on him. They're like, fuck <laughs> you, bro. We're gonna restrain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He yeah, looks like no, such a cold. meek person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he totally fucking was, man. But it's just such a incredible shit show down there. Eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like... I'm not going to take a stance either way. Going to but, uh, Adelaide in two weeks. Uh, hopping on a plane, oh, yeah. which is going to be interesting. Going to have to uh, mask up and whatnot, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Going down there is for it, like five um... days. Adelaide is like free of cases and whatnot and there's free travel between south australia and queensland at the moment so oh okay, i was cool. like well yeah we haven't been to adelaide it seems kind of chill may as well just like go somewhere um have like you've been talking good things about it eh? uh, well like from what i know adelaide is... seems really cool a lot of people bag on it they say it's like a bogan shithole which it may be but like so is brisbane so you know uh, <laughs> it's like that's a good thing to me. When people say that, it means it's, it's fucking like, real, like, right? Pretense. Like it's not Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> such a fuck. That's a shithole. That's a fucking <laughs> disgusting shithole. Uh, I hate it. I hate when I living in Brunswick. That sucked. That was really shitty. Getting like walking outside of my house and being assaulted by like nasally um, voices. You know. <laughs> Shout out to the Brunswick listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't yeah. you. <laughs> but um, if you're living in Brunswick and you can't understand why we hate it, then I find that confusing. Yeah. Like, I've got a good story about fucking Brunswick. Well, to be honest. yeah, tell it. Uh, okay, so I was living in Melbourne and um, we were having like a uh, leaving drinks or whatever for this tutor because I was over there doing some developer shit. Uh, and it was really cool and, you know, it was everyone was sad because she was awesome all that shit uh and she just sort of like disappeared halfway through the night and then text everyone was like oh hey i'm at this bar in brunswick come by and at that point i was like pretty drunk so you know being another eight just hopped on over and went to meet her and she was just sitting there with this like fucking drooper right? who was just sort of just like i don't know how to even explain it he was just sort of sitting there like oh what do you guys want? You know, what are you doing here? And I was just like, why would you even invite us to this? This is, this is so bleak. So then I hit my mate up and I was like, fuck this, man. Let's go, let's go fucking score, you know, like some, some go buy some, some gross Melbourne meth. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> um, so he was like, yeah, sick. I fucking know the bar to take us to mate. Like every single time I'm there, we get lucky. And so, All right. like, oh yeah, cool. Fucking show me what's You mean lucky now. with women or lucky with drugs? Like getting some weed. Oh, like, right. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were like, let's go no, score. No. Like, let's go pick up some women. And this guy's no, like... fuck that. Like, no, no, that's like a reasonable... I don't do that. That's a thing. reasonable thing to say, <laughs> but for someone to be like, I know the spot, mate. Every time I'm there, we get lucky. Like, that's a weird response. Yeah. Um, if your goal yeah. is picking up Yeah, well, it's kind of women. a weird thing to say 
if you're picking up some weed as well it's like well it's just a that's weird actually set. true yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of a weird guy i like him a lot he's a good uh, yeah i mean often weird, weird people are the best people yeah. so so anyway we rock into this shitty bar i think it was called old bar or something like that but um i can't remember and we're sort of like mulling around and everyone's just like really Brunswicky hipster, you know, and just sort of like sneering and, and looking weird. It's like no one there has a gender. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Um, and we get to like the back of the bar and we're chatting to this guy and he was like, oh yeah, nah, I fucking definitely can score you guys some weed, but I just need to finish hearing this. All right. So, and he was like chatting to this guy, look almost comatose. And so he turns back and I was like, oh. I wonder what this conversation's like. You know, it must be really good. And this dude's like almost vomiting, man. He's like doing that burp vomit thing. Where he's like, <laughs> and he's like, anyway, uh, so the Christian Crusades um, was actually all about power. And what you have to understand if you want to understand how the Crusades went down. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Why do you care, man? It's like two o'clock in the morning. I don't want to fucking hear this shit. Like, don't even give me a history lesson. So we just kind of like sat through it. And this guy was like, oh, so where are you cats from? And I was like, oh, I'm from, you know, visiting over from New Zealand. Um, You know, basically been here for a while. I mean, my mate was like, oh, I'm from Melbourne. And he's like... Oh, he's from New Zealand, eh? Let me tell you a thing about Melbourne. If you're here for long enough, she'll reveal itself to you. Oh, get fucked, man. And I was like, oh, no. He's really saying this. (laughs) Yeah, bro. He was such a piece of shit as well. He was wearing like a singlet and he had like a three-quarter coat on. And he was just like, had that like receding hairline and his hair was all like black and greasy and shit. Fuck and yeah. He was just like, anyway, I'm going to give you guys the best fucking stuff you'll ever have. And he buggers off and he comes back for this like shitty tinny uh, filled with like, it wasn't fucking weed, man. It was like spice or that shitty chronic oh, stuff. Oh my God, are you serious? Something like that. <laughs> fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> such a dante and then like so we had some and i was like fuck this i'm not smoking this crap like, yeah you know i just ended up feeling like weird and mildly psychotic um so after that he's like oh i'll take you guys to the best fucking bar around and i'll show you a little bit of what melbourne has to offer and so he's we're like okay so <laughs> yes. four in the morning sounds good point. man i'm enticed <laughs> yeah yeah we go around the corner uh and into this like it was just a pub that was open at like five in the morning and there's just some like fucking old dudes sitting there like playing you know whatever the slots yeah are, the pokies and there's like nothing happening and there's like all this fluorescent lighting it's like this place is open till six <laughs> <laughs> so like, is the casino why man. do you take us in <laughs> like, yeah man like this is the worst fucking shit i've ever been so we like ditched and i went home and i decided i fucking hate brunswick and i'm never going back that's fucking funny anyway you know what man that story <laughs> that you've told and like other stories i mean <laughs> other experiences of my own that i've encountered in australia make me miss a good old-fashioned new zealand tinny house so much <laughs> like for Australian <laughs> listeners, like, you're probably aware. I don't even know how, like, widespread this concept is, like, globally. I think it's just, like, a New Zealand thing. But, like, in New Zealand, there are, like, tinny houses that are just, like, privately owned or rented out residences or normal homes that are just, like, a publicly accessible weed shop where you go and just, like, knock on the front or back door or whatever. And they're normally in, like, the sketchiest areas. And then there will just be, like, a guy behind the door who will just go, what do you want? 
and then you're like, yeah, like, can I just have a 20 or a 50 or whatever? And they'll just, like, pull across, like, a little hole that they've, like, made themselves in the door with, like, a little flap or a slot that just, like, slides over and they just, like, feed you weed through this tiny hole and you just give them the money and they're just like, cheers, bro. And, like, the weed is never that great, but it's also never really shit in my experience. And, like, yeah, it's underweight a little bit. But you at least know what you're fucking getting yourself into. Like, you don't have to deal with some pretentious cunt who's just like, yeah, bro, this shit's fucking AK-47 and orange bubble gum. Like, you're going to love this shit, bro. It's like pure crons. You're like... I don't want to hear that yeah, shit. Nah, it's man. Just give me my, same, my rat shit weed through a fucking hole in a door. Like... Um... <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. That's funny you mentioned that. I haven't seen any of those. Re- oh, yeah, go on. Um, I was just going to say, like, another thing I love about Tinny Houses is just, like, the the obscure people and activities happening, like, outside on the street, just around them. Because there's, like, always yeah. other people just, like, kind of converging on the Tinny House who are just, like, not in a rush with their day and kind of just, like, <laughs> milling about, smoking cigs on the street, just, like, talking to, like, other derelict people. And, yeah, it's, like, yeah. a good vibe. I like it. Um, it is a good vibe. Eh? Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised I haven't like taken that um, across the across the ditch. Across the, Tasman, <laughs> across the ditch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it was pretty innovative on the gangs run to operate those tiny houses. I haven't seen any in a while, but I'm not really in that scene. Yeah, well, um, to be honest anymore. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> I think like the mongrel mob and the Black Power tried to operate it in Queensland for a while, but I think they got pretty quickly driven out by the biker gangs. Which I guess is not surprising, but I think they still do have a presence um, in southeast Queensland. Um, they're yeah. like just yeah, pretty mellow over here, I guess. That's so fucking bizarre to me that they have the like overseas, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's because there are just such huge New Zealand populations in southeast Queensland, um, mm. the Gold Coast, and like South Brisbane, like Ipswich, just heaps of Kiwis. So like, I guess it feels like home for them. Um, I also think the Queensland police are basically fucking stormtroopers, man, and just wouldn't fucking allow a tinny house to exist. Like, Really? Yeah, dude. Like, the cops in Queensland are fucking nutcases, dude. They, like, storm that place in an instant. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Uh, New Zealand, they're just like, oh, well, yeah, they're just selling a bit of weed. Like, at least we know where it is. Yeah, like, <laughs> I used to go to the Dactory uh, when I first moved up to Auckland. I have never heard of the Dactory. What is that? Oh, is that like dude, a, a this... famous tinny house? No, no, it was like a fucking warehouse, man, run by this guy that changed his name to Dactor Green. <laughs> um, he was this crony little fuckwit who, like, uh, you know, he used to be like a massive alky as far as I understand, or like used to sink a lot of piss and then smoked weed like once and was like oh my god cannabis <laughs> uh and then suddenly like dived into being the for like the front runner you know main figurehead for um like marijuana legalization uh, yeah, yeah 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 whatever the cannabis legalization party is that might even be the name of it but um you know he was basically he's been in jail in and out you can look him up he's quite famous but he was running this warehouse up in auckland and you could basically walk in and hire a bong and like get you know titties from a fucking vending machine and just sit there and get blazed with like other random degenerates so i was like fresh up to auckland after the earthquakes and i was just like oh you know i'm gonna go make some friends um <laughs> so i went down there and just used to like hang out with really weird 
people that would just you know congregate at at the fucking the daiquiri green warehouse i'm looking through photos of it now yeah. they had a pool table in there that's kind of nice yeah no they had heaps of shit they had a pool <laughs> table they had like sky tv <laughs> sky uh, tv I'm pretty sure. did they have like the rugby <laughs> on there that would be awesome if they did yeah yeah fuck yeah you just go in and hang out man it was just like a lounge or something or a cafe yeah and then i uh, you, you know you'd get like dr green lived there as well so every now and then he'd come downstairs in his dressing gown and like scream something and then go back up <laughs> <laughs> i was there and he like came down he's like we're out of fucking way we gotta get some more fucking way and then just like disappeared again yeah so, oh that's good yeah. um it's pretty sick establishment. yeah shout out dr green i like he kind of looks insane but also like a pretty wholesome dude <laughs> yeah i mean he's harmless right like he's not a gang or anything he's just a fucking weird scrawny dude who likes getting high yeah um what yeah. is the referendum date in New Zealand, by the way? It's September now, so like it must be like a couple of weeks away. Nah, they pushed it out. It's oh, uh, right, start of October. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, cool. That's gonna happen. It'll be weird to see if it um actually gets across the line. You know, and well, then, it has to, right? You'd think so. Uh there's a pretty conservative underbelly in New Zealand. Yeah, like I I've... know there is. Um, uh, maybe I'm just being naive. Mm. I would like to think so. Well. Yeah, it's like you you would think so, but every time I drive around, I see you know big billboards saying uh, you know with a picture of old grandma and like it says something like you know she doesn't want to be a bother. Think twice about the end of life referendum. And there's like there's a picture of all these like gummy bears, and it's like implying that you know gummy bears are going to be given to kids if the cannabis referendum gets across the line so that you know there's all those fucking far right uh religious groups in new zealand uh, that are like really well funded man yeah, and yeah. they're just pumping advertising everywhere <clears throat> wow that's fucking grim um yeah i've also i'm, I'm like 50 50 on it i don't know if it'll pass or not from what i've yeah. seen the advertising for pro legalization has actually been pretty shit too like i feel as though they're trying to like they're painting a picture of legalization that just isn't actually accurate like i actually saw like tom scott from homebrew and avondale bowling club who's like a prominent new zealand hip-hop artist who may or may not be making music now but anyway he like shared this image of these two boomers just in like just a nice like modern home in ponsonby or something just like sitting there on their living room couch just like yeah like when weed's legalized things will be safer or some shit like that and he's just like yeah like don't know about you guys but i personally haven't seen these two down at the tinny shop (laughs) 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 like (laughs) that's not who's fucking smoking weed man trust me like like the accurate representation of like marijuana legalization in new zealand should just be like working class people like in high vis smoking a fucking spliff in the car park at the pub like don't lie about what it's going to be like because that just pisses people off you know what i mean i mean that's my thought about it anyway like well you you get the two camps that are like equally obnoxious you get that whole thing where it's just going to be like moms and ponsonby um you know getting high and as a way to like relax after a long day which is like not going to happen you know (laughs) it's just it's not and then you get the whole bullshit where it's like all these fucking hippies, you know, who are dirty and smelly out on the street and talking about it, like, oh, finally cure cancer. <laughs> and it's, like, so unattractive, man. It makes me want to vote no. Yeah, right? Like, oh, yeah. God. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are so like, many elements so of, like, disgusting. marijuana 
culture, for lack of a better term. I hate that term anyway, marijuana culture, because it just implies so much that's not actually true. But like yeah. the, the typical aesthetic that like accompanies marijuana culture is just so like unattractive and unappealing. Um, you're right like it makes yeah. me wish that <laughs> like a slither of me want to like eradicate marijuana from the face of the earth <laughs> which would be like a disaster but that just goes to show what like bad representatives those people are for weed um yeah but, well they're so moralizing and obnoxious yeah you know, do you remember so. when like the occupy movement was happening and like the camp was down at hagley park oh, yeah. um, and I think, like, I'm not making a joke oh, out of this, man. but it was just, like, this I'm laughing cha- chaotic, already, so. like, fucking shithole full of just, like, degenerates um, holding up, like, Occupy signs. And then I think, like, two people got, like, raped in there or some shit, man. Um, Fuck if hell, I remember man. correctly, and- maybe I'm conflating, like, different stories, and I, I'm sorry if I am, but it's just so terrible that progressive movements in general often just get like uh shackled to these groups of fucking drop kicks and just like idiots yeah and then um, it's it drags down the whole cause yeah it's funny you mentioned that because it's like that uh one thing i was gonna bring up was a lot of people involved in that movement were running this underground uh like mostly legal uh rave group called white elephant yeah right and i remember the name the main, yeah, yeah. The main guy from that was like a total fucking pederast. Like he was always hitting on all these high school chicks and stuff. And you know, like a lot of the people I know that went to the raves were like, oh yeah, he's a bit of a slime ball. You gotta look out for that guy. And it's just like he was, you know, it's the same fucking people down at the Occupy. Yeah. There, it's because man, you you always get the really disgusting like guy with you know shaggy hair that's a totally like predatory on younger woman. Um, and he's filled with like nonsense ideology and just uses it as a way to like manipulate the young and lost. Yeah, yeah. I it, like, you. I think it's rightfully distasteful. Oh, absolutely. Because it's uh, actually dangerous. Then there's a lot of dangerous characters within those scenes. Yeah, fully. Yeah. yeah. I understand why people would be suspicious of like, you know, the flaky legalized cannabis groups. Yeah, 100%. Um, because like, hmm. whether you whether you like it or not. Um, and like the stereotypes exist for a reason, you know, typically people who have <laughs> time in their week and like, I'm not saying this is a uh, good or bad thing. I'm just kind of saying what I think about it, but like people who have time in their week to dedicate to that and drive around in a bus with like marijuana leaves painted all over it and like talk to the media about like how good smoking bongs are. They're like not in the mainstream and they're not in the mainstream for a reason. Like, they don't actually like yeah. fit in anywhere in society. Typically, they probably struggle to like hold down jobs for whatever reason. And, you know, unfortunately, those are yeah. just sort of anti-social or sorry, unsocialized people, um, like yeah. in the sense that they're not conditioned to take part in society in the, in the same way that a lot of other people do. And like there's a whole other argument that you can bring to the fore about socialization and whether or not mainstream culture is what's best for everybody. But as far as the normalization of uh, rules and order and shit goes, those people just don't gel with it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've lived on the fringe and I've, you know, I've been involved with a bunch of fringe groups before mm. and they're fringe for a reason. And, you know, I like weird culture, but I like think it's 
as dangerous as mainstream culture and there's no shortage of clips of me probably at this point you know on the show rallying against fucking mainstream culture yeah yeah you just gotta look out man because people are predators you do and you just have to like uh, my life experience for me is proof enough that like the further you get towards the fringes the more likely it is that you're going to be hanging out in someone's backyard watching two pit bulls fight each other and then see someone's head get stomped in like <laughs> that shit just happens but that Jesus. doesn't happen at foot oh, locker you know what race. i mean like yeah, 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 lining yeah. up to buy some fucking basketball shoes like the chances are you're not going to see someone's skull get cracked but yeah, like exactly if you're yeah. uh hanging out in some house that like may or may not be run by gang members trying to score and people are smoking spots off a gas cooker while like dogs are being trained to fight then um typically like violence is probably not too far away and i mean yeah violence of various types i suppose <laughs> but I'm, I'm also glad that i like i strayed that far to the fringe of society because oh, now i'm just like i don't actually like it that much <laughs> you know no um, no, no. it's pretty gross yeah it's fucking you know, horrible dude. i'm gonna be coming up to like three months sober soon actually yeah nice. and i just don't even i'm happy man like going to bed early and waking up early and shit yeah and, like dude not being involved in early mornings are fucking anything. nice really yeah, nice fuck yeah. particularly in brisbane feels... man coming up to the summer get up at like 5 30 or whatever and it's like not stifling hot yet and there's sort of like that's gonna be sick. typically some like cloud cover from overnight still and it's like yeah kind of nice the birds are out you know yeah um it's soothing to the soul it's much better than staying awake yeah. till 7 a.m i love that i was just girls. like bagging on melbourne before i'm like yeah brunswick sucks and now i'm just like yeah man brisbane's really nice if you get up at 5 a.m while it's <laughs> still a bit cool and hear the birds <laughs> and let brisbane reveal itself <laughs> yeah uh, you know it's actually a subtropical climate up in queensland <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's cool, man. Like, it's not cool. I think the fact is, is like, a lot of Melbourne... Um, I don't know. I, I will give it another chance at some point in my life, I'm sure. But so much of it, to me, was just, like, you know, going to a pub, hearing people, like, snort lines in the fucking toilets. Yeah. Walking out and kind of swanning around. And, like, yeah, there's some nice art and shit there, but so much of the city just seems to operate on, like, drug use and, you know, <clears throat> filthiness. Yeah, you're right. And it's, like... There's just not that much to do there after a while, I feel like. You know, if you're not interested in nightlife and having 30 coffees a day, then... Yeah, that's actually... You know, art's great. I love art. But it's like, how far does art take you? Mm. Maybe I'm just a pleb. No, I don't think you are a it's pleb. Like, <laughs> there are definitely some, like, dope things about Melbourne. Like, I mean, I haven't spent much time there. I've been to Melbourne once for, like, four days, I think. And, like, in my experience, like, obviously, stuff like public transport's fucking sick. Like, the public spaces really cool yeah like nightlife um i guess culinary culture if you want to use that term is really good um yeah but like like you say i think no matter where you are you eventually have to uh, you have to be interesting yourself to live in an interesting place like it's yeah. not like you can just go to melbourne and suddenly you're like steeped in fun it's like no yeah you, actually, yeah, you like yeah. have to yeah. like do shit that you like and then that's when things are fun yeah it'd be a good place to be 18 oh fully just and like just get every single one of your urges yeah just like, blast off to the satiated. fucking moon like because <laughs> like yeah like i obviously heaps of people i know like have lived in melbourne or still live in melbourne and they're like yeah man it's fucking sick and they go out and party and take benzos every day or whatever and it's like yeah cool and they pay 240 dollars a week for like a 
room in a squalid share house that like has like cracks in the flooring and it gets freezing cold in winter um that valium addiction yeah and that's like a fun lifestyle for people i suppose but like it doesn't mean melbourne's cool yeah. You can do that anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just yeah, the culture true. there that I think exists to an extent. Yeah. Great place for like musicians and artists to be living though because of the opportunities down there, I suppose, is another thing that deserves to be highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, shout out to Melbourne. Uh... <laughs> yeah, shout out Melbourne. We love and hate you. So, yeah, I was staying on the farm this weekend nice um visiting the parents yeah. and staying in the little ted kwasinski cabin by my lonesome having a bath totally switched off from the world you have a bath in that uh, cabin or outside yeah there's an outside bath nice maybe you didn't see it and in the morning i got up and i went to chat to my parents as you do we still make it stay dad all that shit <laughs> no, I'm at this point. but um i did reveal to them a naked truth oh uh, <laughs> tell me and i started talking to them about my like favorite shit show of only fans yeah right and i had to describe to my parents um the like like it just kind of blew my mind when i started talking about it where i was like oh fuck i had to describe to them why there's like this subsection of the population that is paying for nudes when you know they know that you can I'm assuming they know that pornography is rampant on the internet and you can get everything. Yeah, you'd think. If they're not, they're in for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, was... I'm going to like briefly interrupt you for a second just because like yeah. this is sort of relevant. Yesterday, we were having breakfast with Francisca's family for Father's Day and we were playing like Scattergrees. And <laughs> do you know that game? <laughs> uh, can you, like, I, I have a rough idea already. Basically, I won't like explain the fucking concept of the game, but basically, like, you have to write responses to things, and like, you get a prompt, and you have to come up with a word. And there was like the category was fads, so I was like incest because like <laughs> it has to start with I as well, right? And, yeah, yeah. Like to you, I think that makes perfect sense, and to me, that makes perfect sense because um, incest is totally a fad or it was i think it's already on the decline is it i reckon uh, yeah it's, it's getting um it's getting <laughs> displaced by the like mega porn man i reckon like you know like <laughs> blm activists gets railed by three huge like whatever yeah and three huge patriots <laughs> <laughs> three huge patriots <laughs> oh that's one of the best calls we've made in so long uh because like the connotations of the word patriot are just so glorious <laughs> um i can already see it in my mind. yeah Sorry. so yeah anyway i'm like well yeah incest and then everyone was like what <laughs> and then i was like wow well like incest is like a really popular porn category at the moment and then they're like oh are you on the internet watching porn i'm like no like i just fucking know and they're like well how do you know and i'm like well because I just fucking know. Like, it's the internet, dude. And everyone's yeah. just like, oh, okay, Hayden. Like, oh, okay. Isn't that annoying? Eh? Yeah, it is annoying. When you have to, like, explain it, and it's like, oh, well, everybody knows. Yeah, trying to explain something as massive oh. as, like, popular internet culture is, like, pretty impossible to someone. But anyway, yeah. so that's, yeah, my recent, like, uh, collision <laughs> of two worlds for you. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt yeah. your story, though. Continue. 
No, that's okay. That was that whole story was basically a segue anyway, because I'm going to be uh, chatting about OnlyFans. So fantastic. But yeah, anyway, it was kind of like confusing to me trying to explain this and then just realizing how ridiculous the entire thing was and just thinking like trying to be like, oh, you know, okay, so there's these, uh, you know, you've got to get into your head, mom, dad. There's these like, like women that are like selling pictures of themselves online, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that's everybody knows about that. Um, they, they grew up and they understand the concept of pornography but i was like uh what they're really selling is like digital intimacy mm. and that's there's a whole uh subculture of lonely people and i'm presuming it's like largely men um maybe women it would be interesting to know what the demographics breakdown are yeah i would true. be willing to like as a betting man throw you know a hundred bucks down on 90 percent men yeah i mean those are good i ones. would even say 95 yeah. If I could double my odds yeah. and push to 95, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then you would, yeah. right? Um, and the, what they're really selling is the fact that you can, like, message the girl or whatever, and then she'll respond. So, anyway, to everyone that doesn't know, if you don't know, OnlyFans is essentially this, like, online platform where you sell nudes or any content. It's like trying to, they're trying to, like... Disguised as, like, Patreon, sort of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like a Patreon thing. It's like as an, a fitness fitness influencer, you can sell your workout routine, <laughs> you know, and people like prescribe, you know, prescribe, subscribe to like, you know, your fucking OnlyFans paywalled content. Um, we should totally and... put content on OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it's like I could try real and... savage nudes. <laughs> and then like put it i'll just like overlay our face onto someone. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes. Like, yeah, yeah sell yeah. deep fakes. Of, like, our face we'll on Tiffany out. Trump. Oh, dude, that'd be fucking lit. That'd be pretty good, hey. Holy shit. That'd be so... Yeah, we should... We'll have a private meeting after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's, like, been covered a lot of different ways. Um, you know, you undoubtedly may have come across articles talking about, like, the sort of sexual revolution of OnlyFans and female empowerment, which is interesting because, like, you know, I sort of go into those articles thinking, like, oh, what a lot of fucking bullshit this is. Like, obviously paid content here. Mm. Uh, but in a weird way, I actually think it is if you are in pornography and you switch over to OnlyFans, you own all of your production yeah, all yeah. of a sudden. So it's like you're the one taking the shots, you're the one selling the shots, you own uh, like 80% of all the income that you get, mm. 20% goes to uh, the biggest douche lord uh, the fucking I planet. fucking think I've seen. We might, yeah, we'll throw a photo up of him. God damn, the guy that runs OnlyFans just looks like like the sleaziest kind. Looks of like someone out. that would sell you weed in Brunswick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, that's it. Yeah, he's such a fucking creep. Um, anyway, so there's this whole narrative right now, you know, that more left-wing, I guess, media is pushing that it's like, you know, this incredible thing for uh, women's rights, you know, and it's it's great that now, now you can take the power back and sell your nudes and you own them. And it's like, mm. sick. <laughs> 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 Which to some people I'm sure is empowering and that's cool. Uh, you know, that's there's probably no shortage of dodgy pornographers out there um, that I bet would be like, you know, totally capitalizing and being predatory and, and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, what I was more interested in is that there's this like, 
real shit show on the economic side of it. So there's been some really good success stories. So this economist article that did a whole big expose on OnlyFans basically talked to this woman, uh, I think her name was like Brooke or something, and she was the first one to make like a million dollars, a million pounds off OnlyFans, which is like, you know, incredible when you think about yeah. it. And to be yeah. honest with you, I would sell pictures of my ass for like fucking half that. You know, a hundred percent. I don't know if it would be that good for me mentally, but <laughs> I think half a mil would be good for me. Pretty, but you know, bro, good for me think mentally. about it. It would be empowering. It fucking would be in a way, really, wouldn't it? I, uh, like, I do understand the narrative. Oh, yeah, I know you're taking the piss. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, I guess, I mean, it depends how you define but, empowerment, right? Yeah, well, my perspective is like kind of twofold because going to work for most jobs isn't empowering yeah. it's very disempowering yeah. and, and kind of like confidence destroying and given the choice of like selling my time um in a chair or selling my time to people that adore me i can totally see the appeal um but the fact is is that it doesn't really work that way like a lot of people get a really so what isn't reported in these empowering articles is the fact that like a significant portion of the people on OnlyFans are making next to nothing mm-hmm. Right. And they essentially they sign up because there's all these TikTok influencers out there right now that are pushing the story like, oh, I got on OnlyFans and I'm making six figures, you know, within like five weeks, uh, which is true. Like if you have that initial following of simps. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Willing to pay. I mean, like. How would you define simps, by the way? Just like uh, in someone who was like undernourished as a child and whose brain functions at like 93% of human capacity or something like not even my personal definition of like a simp is someone who's like not even necessarily unintelligent they're just like physically like a bit fucked like like biologically they're just like not quite up to speed so they're just like on the internet masturbating over strangers yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah uh and, and like falling in love with yeah yeah well. falling in love with thing. some only fans ho um yeah so <laughs> <laughs> That's i'm gonna legit. look up so like that... the actual definition of simpler all right and we'll um, but they're, they're driving the entire only fans economy oh. uh, as i understand it it's like it's lonely fucking dudes who are paying um and a lot of these girls are like you know they'll go on there and expect to sort of rake it in and then kind of get shafted yeah. off the get-go so more recently there's this been like a shit show because bella thorne came out and was like oh I'm going to start an OnlyFans, you know. Um, and I think there's been like a few minor celebrities, not even like influencers who have done it. And it caused like a bit of a media stir. It was like, oh, the normalization of sex work is really pushing, you know, the boundaries of what's possible as a young woman today. And it's like, okay, you know, and, and they've sort of had like reasonable success with it, you know, making, I guess, six figures or whatever you're making mm. on OnlyFans. But Bella Thorne basically came in and made like $2 million in something like two days because of all these horny fucking quasi pedos that just like jumped on the chance to see their favorite Disney star, uh, nude. And man, the backlash is another thing that just kind of struck me by this entire thing. So like, there's this whole concept that it's sort of like an equal marketplace, right? Like you go on, you sell nudes and you'll get money for them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you'll also sell digital intimacy. Um, but it's such, it's like the same marketplace as Hollywood where there's like a couple actors there that are just fucking creaming it. And then there's just like everyone else. And the fact is, is like 
you might have a few people that you can like monetize your intimacy towards, but you also, there's like a race to the bottom that's just getting really, really bleak. Mm. So like after Bella Thorne did her whole thing, um, there was all these like, you know, OnlyFans activists started like <laughs> activists or you know calling themselves like sex workers who are running out online being like i can't believe that she's like taking away our power and stuff like that and it's like you know this is you, you want to normalize sex work to feel okay about selling nudes on the internet um in steps bella thorne they rally against her because at the end of the day this isn't really that fucking good a deal like there, you know there's not that much not that many simps to go around i think mm, yeah yeah you're uh, right so the backlash the the fucking gnarliest part about it was like if you look at like bella thorne's twitter or tweet or whatever where she apologizes to everyone for you know posting nudes and cashing in on sims which is like good on her um there's like all these begging men like just like oh fuck bella thorne and by the way you can sign up to a real girls only fans oh, just like it's like digital gross. panhandling <laughs> everywhere yeah, it's like well they're started... homeless but i'm an amputee yeah 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 and it's like it's just so desperate i'll do anything please sign up to my only fans and it's just like the more i looked into it um the different cases where you know i think there's like a another influencer called carol and calloway um, oh yeah yeah anyway, who's famous but i'm not sure why <laughs> uh she's famous for being well known and <laughs> so when you brought up balathorn just before sorry like for some reason uh, the end scene of There Will Be Blood popped into my head. So I just searched uh, the I Drink Your Milkshake quote, and it's like... Was she in that? No, no, but it's like, if you <laughs> think about this like as OnlyFans, it's like, here, if you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, there it is. It's a straw, you see? Watch it. Now my straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! <laughs> <laughs> her against the only yeah. fans self-proclaimed sex workers i think i just found the uh, the image for this week that's fucking cold yeah you do like um bella thorne with a straw sucking up a milkshake full of simps yeah oh god yeah, um and and you know like that's it's just like fucking pathetic man the more you start looking into it so there's these stories of empowerment but ultimately there's like i don't think many people are making much money yeah now it might have been you so this gets a lot darker uh so this is like the general lay of the land a few people are creaming it there's some other people that are making like a modest income and there's a lot of people that are getting fired from their jobs because they're posting their nudes online uh. and their bosses are being like oh my god see that's fucking bullshit right that makes me mad that is bullshit shit yeah um and i don't think people realize it's not good that they're you know people are that shouldn't be allowed to happen because it's like who fucking cares like yeah, I'm sure right? whatever i'm sure whoever you are that you're firing someone you've sent like a dick pic or some shit you know yeah like to your I'm employee sure <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly um but it's sad the whole thing that i you know there's this like bullshit that everyone's like you know oh, everyone's getting so rich on OnlyFans except for you and then there's a lot of people stepping in there and then just getting totally fucked uh and harassed as well like there's no safeguards on harassment on the platform yeah right um you know and there's a talk in the economist article that essentially like you won't people don't want to like get rid of people that are harassing them because they're paying them money and every person that you ax is less money that you're going to have next oh, week so and that's like you know, so yeah so you're just like spiritually undermining yourself for like less and less money basically 
Pretty much, yeah, for less and less money. And now OnlyFans is global. So Oh you can, dude, imagine like, North Korean OnlyFans. <laughs> well, this is where it gets fucked up, man. It's like, okay, so you know, you can subscribe to your favorite influencer and pay premium to like tell Belle Thorne that you'll lick her feet or, you know, Karen Calloway or whoever the, your fucking chosen Instagram influencer is. Yeah. But there's also like a race to the bottom that if you want to like subscribe to someone from like a third world country, oh. um, you know, who's going to provide you digital intimacy, uh, you can also do that as well. So it's kind of those like monster free market economics playing out where there's like a price for every simp, no matter what paycheck they're getting. Oh, and, God. you know, every like hole in their heart filled with uh, not love, but, you know, something some gross abomination thought up by like the the sick fuck of a founder so um to replace what should be like actual human connection tech support just called in um with a few definitions of simp so as per wikipedia uh a man who foolishly overvalues and defers to a woman putting her on a pedestal a simple person lacking common sense a fool or simpleton um so then according to dictionary.com um a slang insult for men who are seen as too attentive and submissive to women especially out of a failed hope of winning some entitled sexual attention or activity from them so yeah there you go there we go Um, that's pretty much it yeah we all know them you've all met them before you would have seen them in high school and shit you know there's that fucking dude that just doesn't stop going on about if only she'd look at me. She only likes the bad guys, and I'm a nice guy. Um, nice guys. Dude, check out the screen grab I just sent to you on Facebook Messenger as well, by the way, um, from my, my simp Google search. I think you'll find it <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> it's um, nice. a pretty ironic screen grab of like this YouTube clip titled, What Does Simp Really Mean? Meme Theory Number 5. Um, and it's like this YouTube post on a green screen or whatever um and he has like a little tiny like hitler style hipster mustache with one of those beanies that doesn't like sit on your head properly yeah, and like a kind of looks like it's a, a, yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i'm getting at we can um maybe yeah. share this on instagram as well yeah um, um anyway so there's this race to the bottom so like all of a sudden uh this new horrid fucking line of dystopian um workplaces has popped up in the face of uh COVID-19 where it's not only fans but it's like cam soda which i believe is selling like a similar sort of service has started building out these warehouses where they like have little plastic cubicles because the women who are providing digital intimacy services and cam girling in colombia and you know i think they had another one in like i don't think it was venezuela but it was like somewhere in south america i think they can't do it at home right because there's like a lot of people living in the houses and you know they, they don't want to disrespect their parents so they come and do like cam girling and fucking all this other bullshit in these little plastic cubicles and warehouses now. Whoa. Um, to fulfill the like uh, simp demand and loneliness epidemic <laughs> that is currently plaguing the world, you know? So Cam Soda has said that they have found that this has been somewhat of a success uh, and they're bringing these like warehouses to Florida and other American states so that they may liberalize um, other poor women trapped in their house, not able to sell nudes uh, to, 
to the fucking like liberalize to the yeah. simp market. If only uh, they, if only they knew like the um the weight of that word. Like yeah. you know, in international development, we liberalized Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they enjoy the fruits of sweat labor. Um, all Can over you imagine their country. Cheesy porno title for that as well. Liberalized from her house and her clothes. Oh yeah. It's just so fucking disgusting, man. Um so this is the new like economy for digital nudes and sex work and ultimately digital intimacy. Cause I don't think this is really the same kind of marketplace. This is sort of like having like buying the nudes of a woman that pretends to give a shit about you. And the woman can like sell the girlfriend experience at scale. And so. scale. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my shit show of a fucking show and tell. It's quite so... interesting, right? Like, um, I mean, prostitution is like the oldest form of economic transaction in human history, right? Is that true? I feel, I think. That's what that's they say. The case. I mean, yeah, depending. How, yeah, sure. Basically. And I guess, you know, I mean, maybe. Sex for services. Yeah, maybe this is just like a logical continuation of it. Um, but like in the context of everything else that's happening in the world, it just seems shittier than everything else. Well, it is really shitty because I mean, like people are losing their jobs at a pretty intense scale. And there's like a news story not too long ago about OnlyFans having this massive surge of popularity, um, yeah. as people were like thrust out of the jobs and it's like, holy shit, what do I do? I'm stuck at home all the time. Oh, I guess I'll sell nudes. And, um, as a way to make money, you know, and it's kind of like, like, I get it, man. Like it's fucking if you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars um why not you know and i'm sure everyone sent nudes for free so why not get paid for it you know it's like i can understand the logic but it's so predatory and it doesn't work that way as well like it's just it i'm sure for some people it's empowering and for a lot of other people it's fucking this not at all yeah nightmare and like you know having to deal with lonely men and it's like, ugh, they're the worst company. Yeah. There's nothing sadder than, like, a lonely man. Um, I've actually had this, like, weird insight into this lately um, in, like, a strange way. Like, for whatever reason, my music has recently started to, like, pick up traction in India. Um, so, like, if I look on, like, my Spotify analytics, like, probably, like, 30% of my streams come from India. And, like, it sort of makes sense because there's, you know, like, 1.3 billion people there or whatever. Anyway, so I started to, like, get messages from these, like, just Indian dudes on Instagram who are just like, hey, bro. And that's literally, like, what they say. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. hey, man, how are you? Because I don't want to, like, alienate people who listen to my music and, like, feel compelled to message me for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, like, yeah. I'm trying to be nice, but then, like, I quickly realize that these dudes have nothing to say. They're just like, I don't fucking get it, you know? Like, I can't understand, like, the context that this conversation is happening in. And they're kind of just like, <laughs> where are you from? I'm from India. Haha. -ha. I'm having dinner. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay. Like, I guess you're the yeah. lonely. <laughs> or, like, for what, maybe, like, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. But... Yeah, well... It must be really difficult to try and maintain a conversation with 500 dudes who don't know how to talk to people, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I can't... <laughs> oh, fuck, I can't even imagine how difficult it would be, eh? Like, it's a whole another world of, um, of bullshit that you'd have to deal with. Like, man, 
I don't know how many people have experience with dealing with someone who's like really, really needy, uh, you know, but I have had that experience like multiple times and it's just so shitty. It fucking sucks. Like it's just mentally draining, you know, and, and like these dudes are probably really fucking needy and like, you know, obsessive and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's just, that's what the internet breeds. It breeds weirdos. I've had no shortage of like weird discord communities that you get into or like, you know, weird little areas of the internet where you suddenly encounter people who are like fucking obsessive and they have like so much time on their hands. You know, it scares the like shit out of me. Cause those are the people that I feel like, man, they're like fucking taxi driver. Like they'll do anything. You know? Yeah, I guess like it's part it's like of what, a, an, uh, what anonymity allows as well, right? Like the most like bizarre, extreme parts of your personality can come to the surface, um, which I I guess yeah. explains that somewhat. But shit, man, I don't fucking know. I don't know either. I don't even know if I have like a strong moral standing on any of that. Other than like, I think there's like, you know, tales of empowerment and tales of like sad desperation, as I'm sure there is in any fucking marketplace, but this one feels a little more pronounced. Yeah, well, um, I don't have like a moral standing on the act itself, um, but I guess like... I definitely don't care. Yeah, I mean Sorry like... No, 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 it's okay. Um, I do have a moral standing on like the conditions that sort of necessitize it for some people though. Like it's sure regardless of like socioeconomic or like i guess global circumstances like some people would do this but i'm sure for 90 percent of people they're doing it because they feel disenfranchised or like economically at a dead end or whatever yeah and yeah it's uh that's what i have a beef with like it's immoral that we are not creating more avenues for people to like find hope down which yeah. is a good segue to my brief show and tell um cool i as a preface like i mentioned earlier like i didn't do much prep for this episode because i just had a busy weekend oh do you need to take a piss at all uh no but i could take my hoodie off cool do you mind <laughs> on the cam just for before you. we get into that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 let's do it all right cool what's up mm-hmm Sorry. No, no, don't be sorry at all, man. How'd you go? Yeah, it was good, man. I piss off my deck every single day. That's a great feeling. uh, I also piss off my deck. Yeah, right? Like, why? How could you ever live in an apartment and and give that up? Well, one without a balcony. Feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cats. Um, (laughs) So, I initially started looking for content relating to click farms because I just felt as though click farms are. They probably fall into a similar category as OnlyFans, except obviously they're like probably less morally sort of ambiguous, but still pretty like soul crushing. And it's still the same dynamic of basically people in a race to the bottom, finding themselves in a dark room, um, watching videos over and over on a hundred iPhones um, for like a dollar a day or whatever. And But weirdly, I was quite surprised that there's not that much sort of expose style journalism on click farms. Uh, online that i could find so eventually something will drop and it'll be like mind-boggling i reckon because i bet you there are some like click farm like mafia pieces of shit that just like have people held captive in like warehouses in like western china yeah well i've already got a coming up piece that i really want to do (laughs) that whole thing not on on like those tiktok farms i like sent you a little primer article yeah 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 on it 
but yeah it's there's i'm sure there's some disgusting <laughs> shit. um yeah. yeah my uh disgusting shit senses are tingling <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so like i kind of transitioned from that into looking at like um cage homes in hong kong and china like they exist sort of in a few other places in the world but primarily in hong kong yeah and like have you heard of them before no i am bringing them up right now. yeah so I've never heard of that Basically, (laughs) your reaction is spot on, man. Basically, like, affordable living spaces are such a premium in Hong Kong that landlords subdivide single apartments. So they'll rent one flat in an apartment building and then install these cages, which they can stack on top of each other, that are like three by six feet and a couple of feet high. Um, And people can rent out the cages individually where they can just fit, like, a tiny single bed and a TV and just, like, a pile of their belongings. What am I looking at? (laughs) What did you expose (laughs) me to? (laughs) It's crazy because, like, as you can imagine, the most vulnerable people in society end up in these places. Um, And because public housing um, is underfunded, they have to prioritise, like, the welfare of, like, women and children for the public housing application list, meaning that most of the people who end up in these cage homes are like older men who have who are like unskilled laborers or like cooks or previously homeless or whatever. Um, and they they can receive like a government sort of unemployment benefit or whatever. I think it was the number is three and a half thousand Hong Kong dollars, which equates to two hundred and fifty US dollars a week, if I remember correctly. Wow. But that's a lot. Yeah, it's not bad. So of the three and a half thousand Hong Kong dollars, they can spend up to two thousand of that on their cage homes and then live off the rest. And it's quite interesting because like Hong Kong has the most expensive real estate in the world. I think it's like forty percent more expensive than Sydney, uh, which I think is the second most overinflated city um, based on the source that I saw. But it's interesting because Hong Kong. Uh, has a lot of open undeveloped land so like mm. at the moment only three and a half percent of the land in hong kong is um zoned for high density housing in terms of like the regulatory codes and a part of the reason for that according to this source from vox that i watched um i actually don't know if vox is like a <laughs> reputable source i have like only ever encountered like two of their things they seem pretty good though to me they're owned by uh, someone. I can't remember. Um, Probably the wrong time. Good to be fucking figuring research this there, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, owned yeah. by whatever. <laughs> um, but fuck it. It was interesting anyway. So because Hong Kong is obviously famous as being like the business hub of Asia, it has the most open economy in the world, etc. Um, and that's how it's made its bread and butter. They charge basically next to no tax on private residents and businesses, meaning that the Hong Kong government needs to raise its revenue through other means. Um, and a lot of the way that it does this is um, auctioning off leases on government-owned land. So the government owns all of the land in Hong Kong. And if you want to develop land, you have to bid and win one of these leases. Hmm. So as you can imagine, like if you're a... Uh, like multinational corporation or a property developer or whatever, the prospect of a property development in Hong Kong is very enticing. I'm sure like land in Hong Kong is in huge demand. Um, mm-hmm. So these auctions 
attract like enormous prices. So the most expensive lease in history globally was recently signed. It was a 50-year lease and it was $2.2 billion for this section Jesus. that these developers are going to build a block of apartments on. Um, yeah. And I'm assuming once the 50-year lease renews, they have to just pay again. Whoever owns the property at that point has to just pay the lease. Otherwise, the government... That's crazy. Otherwise, I guess the government maybe seizes the property. Um, yeah. The government raises like nearly 30% of its revenue through these leasing systems. Um, and that's a part of the reason that they're not investing in high-density housing or public housing, or at least making the prices of property affordable so more people can live in them. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, and at the moment, like, I think 200,000 people in Hong Kong live in these cage homes. Um, and cage home is like a, a pretty deceptive term because it literally is a cage. It's not nothing homely about it. It's more of like a, it, it looks exactly like a factory farm. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dog pen. Like if you take your dog yeah. to um, one of those places that look after them when you go on holiday or whatever and they have like a little run, I think it's called. Oh, we have to share this. Yeah, this no, astounding. we will for sure. I, I am blown the fuck away i cannot believe that this is how it mm. looks That's um, insane. and another enormous larger portion of the population live in um i think what are called cubicle homes which are sort of like the larger version of cage homes but that's when yeah. you subdivide an apartment into rooms so you you might uh rent out like a four bedroom apartment and then lease each bedroom as a flat in itself so then you use everyone in that apartment has to use like a communal bathroom and kitchen. So there will be like parents with two children living in a room that's like um, the size of like a car park, for example, like one car parking space, yeah. I mean, which is obviously much better than a cage, but it's also fucking pretty miserable still. Um, and like hygiene is terrible because you're basically using like a sort of public toilet every single day like any resident in that apartment can just bring anything into the kitchen and i'm sure that there's so many issues with keeping it clean or even coming to an agreement as to how you use the communal space and all that kind of bullshit yeah and for a really long time cage homes and cubicle homes were like completely unregulated and they were just run illegally mm. but the problem became so rampant that the government had to try and regulate them but all i've done so far is introduce like health and safety laws about them so like to try and regulate um like fire hazard and hygiene standards in them as yeah. opposed to anything else like pricing or whatever how to make it safe um so all you need to do is just apply for a license as a landlord and then you can throw a bunch of cages in your apartment and just start farming people basically um and this is like the matrix but worse yeah yeah at least in the matrix you get your own like Goop yeah you get like you know? a insulated in your like <laughs> goop um and you get to live in like a you know mediocre reality mm. oh um, man this is this is brutal. yeah and like a lot of these because a lot of them are like older men who are no good as cheap labor anymore the hygiene conditions lead them to like develop a lot of like health problems and they typically like die pretty early none of them live past like sort of like 70 <laughs> um so yeah uh, it's, you can you can see why oh, it is horrendous. Looking at these pictures, it's like there's mold or like they're just oh man, like it's mind blowing that more be. more of them don't just kill themselves. Like I find that really amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I expected as soon as I started reading about these that it would be like the sort of the first point is like cage homes are crazy, and the second point would be like they all kill themselves. 
like that's the story but it's not the case yeah um so it's either like hidden really well or for whatever reason these people are just insanely resilient which in a way is sort of admirable yeah it really i mean the fact that they exist is admirable in the first place because like you know you hear about people bitching and complaining over um in good old new zealand and australia about living conditions and, and i've lived in some pretty shitty places here, yeah but fuck buddy like there's nothing close to that mm. you know and I, I think part of it is um you know that I don't, I don't know what the culture is like ultimately but my brief stint in asia it was a lot more acceptable to not sort of you know have to be running the um the rat race and be trying to like you know oh i live in this fantastic amazing house and it's so much better than everyone else's like you know you could kind of just do whatever you wanted i, I don't know it's yeah i mean maybe. i i guess it's because that in a lot of like southeast asian societies particularly that expectation is just so unrealistic it's like most people yeah. there's no way they could ever have like a nice apartment um i um lived with a bunch of guys i lived in the sweatshop for a while man when i was in indonesia yeah and um I was like used to smoke ciggies with the uh, the sweatshop guys. Yeah, dope. Um, yeah, they were fucking real mad lads. Like you know, they're just like hooning around town on scooters and do all sorts of crazy shit. So it was always a good time, like chatting with them and shit. And they were pretty fucking stoked on their living conditions, eh? And they're all like kind of like jammed into like a hostel style bunk bed thing where they lived um 24 7 not 24 7 that's where they fucking live yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so like you know and i guess i could see some sort of like i really don't want to say quaint but you know like some sort of like uh novelty that arose from being with your other sweatshop buds mm. making two bucks a day and just kind of like not being on the streets of jakarta yeah you know um not at all trying to justify this shit but like I don't well know. yeah don't i know. mean i think if you're the party implementing those conditions then there's no way you can justify it but as someone living in those conditions you can justify being happy in them like i yeah. think if you in a way like it gives you the opportunity to sort of develop this sort of monk-like resilience i think right and just mm -hmm. to like appreciate the really small fundamental things in life like good company companionship the yeah. ability to be disciplined um yeah i mean well like what do you need ultimately yeah you know? yeah but i i worry that that same logic like framing it as a positive thing to develop that approach to life actually just like further optimizes for the exploitation of labor to be like happy in your cage yeah to be yeah, like oh yeah. man like these sweatshop workers do such a great job at adapting to this lifestyle it's actually really admirable it's kind of like well yeah if that's the case then isn't it does it make it okay to just throw them all in a fucking dorm not really um yeah. so i don't this know is... it's a bit of a fucking dog chasing its tail kind of thing to talk about um it, it is eh? because like you know part of me looks at this and thinks like oh well i guess kualun city was kind of like solving that problem um not solving it but at least providing a solution where people could go live in this sort of lawless uh you know structure um mm. and at least sort of have more of a living environment than a fucking cage and yeah. the other perspective, thinking back to to the bros, shout out to the bros and <laughs> KL. Yeah. In I mean, yeah, not KL, um, Jakarta. And Jakarta, like, you know, they were fucking cool dudes and they're having a good time and like absolutely they should be getting paid more and, and everything. And I'm totally not ever going to justify um, the conditions that they're in. But 
it was better than being on the streets. And the guy that was running the sweatshop that I was living with, um, he was a really nice guy. And I, I don't know. It's just that's the fucking labor system that they yeah, have. Yeah, of course, man. And, and there's like way worse working conditions. I think that was like on the fucking nicer side of things. But yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, you know, it's um, pretty rough. I had like but a I, an experience in Vietnam, which was like sort of maybe similar to what you're describing, where I was like um, in this uh, in this town called Hue. H-U-E, and it's, like, a really nice sort of, like, historical town with, like, the centre pretty well-preserved and stuff, and it kind of has that traditional Vietnamese aesthetic, which is nice. Um, And I was, like, in a market just checking out some food, and this tiny little old lady who was, like, four feet tall and was just so cute came over to me, and she asked if I could, like, hold something for her, which is, like, a pretty common sort of, like, tactic that people use when they're trying to sell you something there. And... I had learned to like not hold something for anybody, but she was just so cute and adorable that I had to do it. And I was holding this like basket of her things while she was like doing her shoelaces or some shit. And she's just started talking to me and she's like, Oh, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And like Australia. And she's like, Oh, wow. Like my daughter went to university in Australia. And I think that's also just something they say, regardless of where you're from to just like <laughs> form some sort of relationship with you. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. And anyway, she's like, ah, oh, like you need some new clothes. Like come with me. And I'm like, fuck, I know that she's just going to like take me to some weird back room and sell me shit. But like, honestly, I'm just enjoying this so much because this woman is yeah. just so like beautiful and weird that I'm just going to do it. So like walked with her and she just took me into this like little sort of sweatshop set up where like, well, not, not so much a sweatshop, but almost more like, <laughs> like those only only fan warehouses where you just sort of like <laughs> rent out like a tiny like cube and just like yeah. produce in it um yeah. so there were just like yeah. hundreds of like vietnamese women just like making clothes but i think they all sort of ran their own tiny like micro business and i know that those sorts of enterprises are actually somewhat predatory as well because often what happens is they're called like microfinance schemes in the developing world oh, where they, yeah, yeah, they give you a, yeah. a startup loan and then basically like cripple you with interest. Yeah. Cripple you with interest so that you actually, it kind of takes away all of your like mobility. Yeah. But the sense of community that I got when I went in there between all of these women was really amazing. And like, um, it seemed as though like not many Western people ever went into this place and like they were all really excited to see me come in and strangers were just coming up to me and talking to this woman as if like wow who's this person that you've brought into the the room like this is super cool Mm. and this little like crowd gathered around me while this woman was like measuring me up to like produce these clothes for me and I was like she like picking out the material that she was going to make my clothes with and stuff and there was just this big um uh, what do you call it when everyone's talking at once sort of like a din just like the sound of like 50 little vietnamese women all like talking really excitedly around me just kind of like staring at yeah. me um and i felt like some sort of like d-list celebrity <laughs> um, and like maybe that's a part of it as Come well to bring you tidings from Brisbane. yeah like they might <laughs> yeah. actually do that Sick. intentionally just to like fill you with this sense of like vague sort of like or so that you're more likely to just go like oh well this is a cool situation i'm going to spend some money maybe they all know that like if they bring someone in then they all band together and make it like this experience and then the next time if you bring someone in everyone does the same thing for you or whatever 
Um, oh, fuck, I'd pay for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and dude, like, that's better than OnlyFans. It was like really nice, man. I just like sat on this chair with yeah. this woman who like barely spoke English and just like smoked a cig while she was just like measuring my legs and shit and just like looking around yeah. like this is fucking interesting, man. Like a crazy place. Yeah. But like, yeah, they all seemed happy. You know, that's like the main thing for me. It was really nice. Hey, I'll take that any day of the fucking week over being a bunch being with a bunch of passive aggressive uh, right competitive know, like, fucking assholes in an office building yeah yeah you know and i'm sure there's some fuckwit out there like listening he's like how could you say that this a brutal sweatshop labor <laughs> is so awful for everyone involved and you know what if, if you're saying that um fuck you like just <laughs> It's so fucking miserable and bleak being around a bunch of people who are unhappy with their lives, their partners, you know, like with the fucking shit that they've bought and the story that they've been told. I fucking love seeing all those guys out there sitting around smoking diets, working 12 hours a day and boosting around on little scooters and shit. Yeah. You know, having a good time. And the fact is that's not like a, um, you know, Asian phenomenon or whatever. Because uh, frankly, when I was working on building sites and stuff, man, I got the same vibe as well. Like working with my like uh, builder buddies and shit, and we're all laboring. Mm. And, like it's like almost the allied workforce experience. Yeah, you're Just sitting around with your mates, like smoking diets, and someone's spouting off some like horrendous conspiracy theory or something like powerfully offensive. You know, and everyone's just laughing and having a good time. That's fucking what life is about um speaking of allied workforce recently when i was visiting my parents like i told my mum to start listening to the podcast um yeah. and i can't even remember like doing this on the pod but we obviously like talked about allied workforce and she's just like oh yeah like i listened to your podcast like about you working for allied workforce like what the fuck were you doing like <laughs> it sounds absurd or whatever um like because i think we told like the piss test story um I don't think we've told it in full. But, yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, she was just like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what you were doing when you were fucking running around the Christchurch in your shitbox fucking, like, 1991 Mitsubishi Lancer covered in cigarette yeah. fumes. Um, like, <laughs> good, good to know you had a good life. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was. It was sick. I look back on that experience so fun. Yeah, it's the kind of thing um, that, like, you had a good run. You know, it's like, if that yeah, was my life, yeah. I wouldn't want it. But to like, to have done it and seen it to like an end and then gone on to the next thing was nice. Yeah. Well, I think the cool thing is the com camaraderie is really what you look for. And like, you know, it's probably not best to like stay at allied workforce, like go there to get a good education. <laughs> good then... education. Upskill, <laughs> I think is the term you're looking for. Yeah. Upskill. But then you graduate on from allied workforce and you'll find other people who are like banding together to like pursue some sort of fucking crazy scheme. And that's the cool part. Yeah, of it. yeah. Like that was that was what was so cool was like you hop in a van with a bunch of fucking weirdos who have just got let out of like jail, and you go like move furniture for a day. Yeah, you know, and then one of them buggers off to buy some pee, and then you just sort of like have this weird little experience. Yeah, um, and then you move on to the next step. I actually, um, you know, whatever that is. Yeah, got put in a in a truck crew with um like one. Like, there was a a couple of occasions so like one of the ones was when i was with that like old scrawny old man who like made me carry that marble bench top that i smashed and then on another one i was in a team with like this like real burly just like 50 year old guy who just like survived on like cigarettes and like chocolate milk from the servo and 
and the other one was just this like real young like moldy yeah. kid who was just like skinnier than me but like strong as fuck and just seemed to have like so much energy that like he never got tired and would just like punch yeah. cones in the like the middle seat of the truck because um, he was like so small that he didn't care about sitting in the middle and just had like yeah. this tiny little pipe and just be like smoking fucking little cones like probably like 20 cones throughout the day while we're just like <laughs> moving furniture but he was a sick worker man it was awesome yeah so yeah um i think and, though uh, like you had overall i think you had more of a positive furniture removal experience than i did oh, i think you got better I don't think so, <laughs> like i worked with some fucking i worked with the saddest little scrawny dude his like dad was dying you told me about this guy i think yeah man yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i told it on the pod yeah it was fucking depressing that wasn't a positive experience at all and the other guy that i was working (laughs) with was like just let out of prison for grievous bodily harm yeah um and then there was another guy that was on there who went on like a meth bender and like fucking almost killed this other dude they're all crims man Mm. like you know but anyway this is starting to uh remove the the light that i want to shine on on the experience which is the point of it is like it's uh experience of camaraderie and like um you know oneness yeah do you remember (laughs) get to um get to her do you remember like myself or like tom bragg ever talking about working at foodstuffs i have i've heard stories yeah so good like So for the listeners, I used to work in like a dry goods distribution warehouse where um, all of the the dry goods would come from suppliers to be distributed to supermarkets. So like anything from three liter bottles of like uh, fruit juice that could sit on a shelf for six months, like to sacks of flour, to boxes of chocolate bars, to toilet paper. Um, and it was essentially this enormous warehouse, like the size of like three rugby fields or some shit, um, with just like aisles and aisles of steel racking that went like 12 meters high into the air. And you'd either drive around, depending on like what you were assigned to for the day, you'd go around on a forklift, just like either um, adding or removing pallets of stock from the steel racks. Or you'd go around on this other little vehicle called a Jiffy, which was like a cross between like a fucking moped and a forklift that you could like carry like wooden pallets oh, on. Fuck yeah, I've had one of those. This is um, yeah, and you would yeah. have to go around with like a headset on that just this like computer software from like 1998 that talks to you and just gives you like a sequence of numbers that and those numbers represent <laughs> like the the stock bay that you had to drive to. And then yeah. you would have to like tell the thing how many boxes you grabbed and it would be like boop and then give you a new sequence of numbers and you just drive to the next one and get a bunch of boxes <laughs> and do that until you have like 200 yeah. boxes of stuff. You put it on a pallet and drop it off at the truck and like do that over it's and over and over. strangely futuristic. Well, yeah. like, in, like in the same way 1984 is futuristic though. But <laughs> we used to have to wear these like grim like blue overalls so it felt like you were in like some like chinese labor camp and like you would basically have like if you were doing your job properly you would have like barely any human interaction because all you're meant to do is just like speak into this headset and receive your numbers um and then drop it off at the truck but like i was there from the age of like 17 to 19 or something like that or maybe even i don't know and there was just this band of like degenerates who were about my age who we like 
formed this sort of like solidarity group with who were just basically like determined to just do as little work as possible without getting fired and just like run amok on like forklifts just yeah. driving around like menaces just like uh, harassing the adult staff members <laughs> who and there were these like yeah just like fat white 50 year olds who had worked there like their entire lives because like it's just that kind of place like you work there and just like forget that there is any like prospects outside of the, the warehouse <laughs> yeah. and you yeah, were just like it was fucking funny man oh, but such funny. a like grim environment to work in um there's like completely yeah. void of any humanity it's just like you are this box collecting asset and there was like a yeah. I can't remember how many boxes you were supposed to stack per day, but it was like a thousand boxes a day and you would get like prodded and harassed by your boss if you like didn't stack enough boxes. It's like fucking some weird video yeah. game, dude. And it's like, <laughs> there would be days where like all of your orders were like 25 kilo sacks of flour and you had to like get hundreds of 25 kilo sacks of flour and put them on your thing. And they're just like, dude, you're not working fast enough. And I'm like, bro, these are 25 kilo sacks of flour. Like, fuck you. That's so like, fucking Why don't you heavy. come over, yeah. come out of your tiny, like, box office that you sit in and, like, speak to me on an intercom over and, like, <laughs> stack some flour yourself. Um, but, yeah, so that was, that was a good... Have you ever um, read Factotum? No. What, what's that? Uh, that's my fucking general shout-out book. Yeah. Uh, it's by Charles Bukowski, and it's, like a detailing of his work life basically um writ written under the pen name uh henry chinowski or something like that yeah but right. basically it just it talks about like him working all these real shit jobs as like an alcoholic bum and just like doing the fucking like worst job he possibly can <laughs> and, like, skipping off work and getting wasted and like dating prostitutes and Ugh. like floozy women and shit and just dude reading it was so cathartic to like all the fucking it was just like a homage to all the shit jobs that i've had yeah right. i counted the other day i've had like almost 30 jobs you know oh, and so dude. many of them just were just like fucking shit yeah i feel you like, man. real like Oh, just go climb up in that roof and watch out for the asbestos. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, just like, like um, go rip the pink bats out of that wall. Like, yeah, doing like demolition yeah. is Here's seventy bucks for the savage. day. Thanks, yeah, <laughs> you get all those like you know, tiny like micro particles of like weird shit that like humans made that shouldn't exist, like in your skin and stuff. <laughs> Like, oh it's so rough yeah man. like your whole body is just like red and itchy and you kind of like shimmer because there are these like oh, weird like yeah. crystals just like embedded in you and you're like what the fuck are these things <laughs> like... yeah no that was brutal yeah, but yeah, man it's pretty blue. I, but anyway, i'm so pretty... glad that i like did my hard labor um yeah me too fucking um, good times like to feel to know what it's like to go to work and have your body feel like it's broken at the end of the day and then do that over and over and over and over again and suffer from it is like such a valuable experience yeah and some of it's good work like i would never want to do like house demo shit again ever but um you know i don't want to do any of it again to be honest but like i think 
that busting ass and like digging holes and like you know doing just some hard building site shit is fucking good for you fucking and it builds hey. like mental fortitude yeah, man. and you see why there's no bullshit there there's no like like you know there's no fucking diversity <laughs> officer yeah, yeah. building site making sure that no everyone's fucking like identity politics PC on language. the work site yeah the performance reviews like oh yeah good can yeah yeah, yeah fucking seven. works hard digs a hole <laughs> yeah and you had a beer yeah uh, well done yeah. never takes <laughs> you know, more it's... than five minutes for smoko inhales a sausage roll and is back on the work like yeah that's it fucking yeah. yeah it's so solid fuck yeah. yeah all right it's a good life it's a good life we're at an hour 42 so yeah i think it's that time yeah tales of camaraderie in the face of brutal uh employment fuck, on only fans and everything i think it's a good way to wrap it all did up. we just was... actually finally break through the dystopia have we found we the did. humanity that we've been looking for this whole time? Is modern you know guilt is... now like traditional joy or something? It is. I, I kind of feel like that really did come through to the other side. <laughs> if I yeah. Just going to have a um, wink on here. But, um, maybe dystopia you know, like is that's... like a glory hole though. And every now and then you just prod, you probe it. You put something through it and you get a taste of the other side, but you have to eventually withdraw, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. you just... You're left there wondering, what is on the other side of that glory hole? I guess I'll find out again next weekend when I go to that pub in Brunswick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone go find that motherfucker and tell him he, uh, he gave me some shit, shit grass. Yeah. And he's a bastard. cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cock. Yeah. Anyway, wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, up. That was sick. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, no. Episode 15. Fucking A. Um, visit. Do you have any last words? Do I have any last words? Follow us on Instagram at modernguiltpod. Email us modernguiltpod at gmail.com. Go and listen to our last episode, which was a pretty good chat with um, a political candidate named Amy McMahon, who's running in Brisbane. It was good. Um, mm. Yeah, hit us up. Tell us what you think. Check it out. Check her policies is up. She convinced me, and I am a hardened political apathist. <laughs> political um, apathist. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, good phrase. Um, yeah. Okay, let's call it. Signing out. Right. Peace. Peace. Thank you.